are welcome. So um, today is my father's yard site, and so, on me. so I'm going to dedicate this year the Ilanishmasai, and at the same time I want to have Hakaras uh, Atayv. I want to express gratitude to uh, those for, who have been uh, contributing influence for the uh, giving of this share. There's obviously Rabbi Sarotskin, who um, the whole Lutsk is uh, is is uh, his uh, initiative. There's Rabbi Moshe Gellis, Rabbi Fivish Waxman, Rabbi Moshe Portnoy, all those who make the coal that we go to during the week, Monday to Friday. Um, which for me, this is just an extension of a habit to uh, coming to Kail regularly, and so I have a lot of cards to take to the Kail Urshmul of Lutsk, to Rabbi Sral Goblat, who um, uh, has encouraged me to give Shiurim, and I learned about Kail Urshmul of Lutsk from him. It's the Roshe Yeshiva of Besmej Gavaya, who created um, those who were founding Roshe Yeshiva, the current Roshe Yeshiva today. They created the fertile ground for a morning cuddle and a bismarck just like this. And of course, uh, I want to give a card to, to my Ishish Kyle, who manages while I'm here, learning every morning. And uh, she's got a hold of force at home and encourages me to come. Now, uh, this year is supposed to be, um, well, I, do t- I said I'd take questions, so I'm going to take a question. Yeah. Okay, this year is supposed to be a shir on the commentary of the Rambam, the Pirish Mishnah of the Rambam to Ovis, and um, it includes, begins with his eight introductory prokim, his Shemayna prokim. Um, but last week, I spoke about a lot of things. I spoke about Ruchayim, I spoke about Karl Shmuel, I spoke about lasting Kabbalas, and didn't tie it in in any way, with, in any obvious way, with Pirish Mishnah or Rambam. So, um, at this point, it's worth remembering what um, what was mentioned last week. There were two main points, um, talking about so many tragedies ha- have happened over the years, Rahman uh, al-Islam, and yet it's difficult to... Uh, people make Kabbalists, they want to make change. And very often, I was reminded particularly by a sheer, by a, uh, an article a brother-in-law of mine once wrote, about how so many things have happened, he keeps on making Kabbalists, but he doesn't see any change. They don't last. And, change uh, in himself, in the world, community. Doesn't see that he's able to keep up the Kabbalah. It takes, a, takes upon himself something new. Maybe it's too much. Uh, yeah, it could be a lot of reasons. So, that, so the comment last week was that uh, something like, there, not everything has the same impact. If you join a movement like Kerler Shmuel, there's a momentum there. It's much easier than making an individual um, undertaking. And so many people have found they join something that kind of like Irish Wolves, a lot of energy, a lot of positivity, a lot of diversity, many, many things going for it. And it's easier than, it's always easier to walk in a crowd, march in a crowd, than to march alone. Ruby Sosalanta writes that he wanted the idea of Beis Musa. Why Beis Musa? You can, you can, um, it actually, it's Talmud, Rebusel Petterberg explains, why an idea of Beis Musa? Who needs a Beis Musa? They say, learn Musa at home, or go to the Beis So he explains in the Beis the reason for the Beis is to create a vibrancy and uh, an energy that people are able to learn in the Beis in a way that they can't learn at home. 
He says, if uh, we make a base of Musa in the Bas Majrish, learning Musa would interfere. It's not the right place for it. And if you learn at home, you're not doing it with the same energy. So that's why he wanted... They, they, in fact, in Lakewood, I believe there is a Beis Musa. But um, what's caught on in Klai Yisrael much more is the idea of a Beis Medrash. And so making a Kabbalah where a person is part of a shear, part of a, a movement, part of something that's happening, it's much easier than making an individual Kabbalah. Right. And so um, at the time, my brother-in-law had written the article. I sent him a video of Kerala uh, Shmuel. And he was astounded because there was something, tragedy had happened, and then a Kabbalah the people made to make a kail and the others who joined the kail and it's lasting and life-changing day by day by day still going on so that's an example of a kabbalah that lasts now why does that kabbalah what is it, at least from my perspective what i've seen why is it a kabbalah that i'm able to keep i'm able to keep coming to more so one is the fact that it's the 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 uh, the, the movement um something's already um something with energy but the other is I'm anyway getting up every single morning I anyway have to get up I took something I anyway do I get up and I changed it and I modified it instead of doing something new that I don't do I took something that I do anyway and just moved it earlier and so it can often be easier to do something like that and once you I don't get up at 5.30 in the morning and not go to Kyle. Once I'm up at that time, it, it, the rest follows. It becomes a habit. So that's a powerful, the use of habits there, is a very powerful thing. And uh, so, but the two together, for example, if somebody decides he wants to start learning something new, or even if it's just for his health, he decides he's going to the gym, and he he never learned that new thing, or he never had such a seder, or the gym he, he he never worked out so he's got to learn a new routine but if you focus on something you do that you always do anyway and you just finesse it that's especially true now Rukhaim was nifter just over a week ago and two weeks ago and um, I was thinking what Kabbalah can I make and I've anyway been coming at least for probably two years at least to Kalashmur so I could have said like many people did and there's nothing wrong with it if it works that I'll do something new. But instead, I looked at what I'm already doing and said, well, what, I've got, I've, I'm already doing this. This is something I do. All I need to do is to modify it, to make it better. And it occurred to me, you know, what's an issue, for me personally at least, uh, you know, everybody's got their own choices, and uh, for people who Sunday is a different schedule and whatever, that's great. But for me personally, it was a problem. The rest of the week I'm getting up 5.30, and Sunday I didn't really have a structure. So uh, I decided, well, this is a way I can strengthen my coming on uh, the rest of the week by coming Sunday. And uh, from that, I got the idea of learning Mishnah Yisovas with the Rambam and the Hagdama, and uh, then the idea of perhaps sharing it. So that's an example of a Kabbalah that it's nothing new in the sense that it's not a totally new thing. It's something I anyway do. I anyway get up at 5.30 most mornings of the week. So I just tweak it to make it more consistent. And as a result, I'm coming more on time the rest of the week. So it's actually working. And Bez Hashem continue to work. Uh, should continue to work, Bez Hashem. So the idea being, we're talking about Kabbalah at last, take something that you, especially something that involves a rabbin, and if you're involved in it, usually, most times, you can improve it in some way. So rather than take on something different, which is a whole new effort, 
the first thing to do and change might be might be a suggestion. Take something you already have, just improve it in some way, add to it, and then you, you're already doing it anyway. So you join a shear, but uh, maybe there's something extra you could do related to the shear. So that, that's something that's not entirely new. It's supported by the old habits, just improving it. So, so that's uh, an example of the lasting change that we were talking about last week. Now, the Rambam we're going to see talks about, he says, why does Ovis need a perish? At first sight, it's a very simple masafta. It seems very uh, self-explanatory. He says, well, it might be self-explanatory to know what it means, but it's not so simple to implement. So that's the first point. That uh, we're going to see this inside in the text, Bez Hashem, either this week or Bez Hashem next week. So the, the text itself might be self-explanatory. We know what, what we're supposed to be aiming for, but it's not so obvious how to actually get, do it. So this is the sort of thing we're, we're, we're discussing now. People make their bolus, and in the world in general, people make New Year's resolutions. And New Year's resolutions are famous. They last about 48 hours. A few weeks, maybe. Yeah, some people last out a few weeks. But it's it's rare a resolution that that sticks. So how do you, uh, someone uh, stops going, he has to go, it's a cabal, what does he do? Uh, So the question is, so what people do in order to avoid a nether is a question. If a person's making a cabal, he wants to do a cabal for for let's say so what's he supposed to do he'll have to be matinated so that's why most people are wise enough to say up front I'm doing this exactly I'll do this so at least they don't have the problem of nether what we're trying to achieve here is not to just to go beyond avoiding the problem of nether and actually get some lasting change and um, it's here what the Rambam says it's not easy to implement. Well, part of the reason is most things are easy to do once or twice. Anything you see in Pirkei obviously you could probably do once or twice. The, the trick is, and the question is, how do how do we make it stick? So that's one one aspect of the Rambam saying that obviously is easy to know what it means, but it's not necessarily easy to implement. The other thing, says the Rambam, is that not all of what is said is as simple as it appears. There's more depth to it, so he's going to explain the depth. Now, interestingly enough, it's not just a deeper meaning. It's also that when we start to look at what works and what doesn't work, which things last and which things don't last, if you look more in depth, you can start to understand. People say, for example, oh, if I do something for 90 days, then it's going to stick and it'll be a habit. Well, first off, they're ignoring. Well, how many times are you going to do it? Once a day? or 10 times a day. It makes a difference. In, in, in exercising, for example, they talk about reps, the repetitions. So so it's a question of how, how many reps you do, not necessarily, you know, somebody doing for 90 days one rep a day is not getting the same habit. If somebody does 100 reps a day, there's a big difference. But there's more than that. That a habit that a person is comfortable with and works for them, that can become a habit because it's, it's rewarding, it provides what it's supposed to, so he doesn't have to be forced to do it. But if it's something that's against his basic nature, and he's uncomfortable with, and he's only doing it because he's forced to, or he's struggling, instead of being a habit, it'll be something he forces himself to do for 90 days, for 100 days, for, for two months, for six months. People have done things like lose weight, 
and they're forcing and struggling, and then they're amazed it didn't become a habit. Well, most people are not amazed. They know exactly what's going on. They managed to struggle for that long, and it's still a struggle, and they, and they can't anymore. So the question is, how, how do we? How, how do? What is it that makes some things work, and how do we choose things in a way that they'll work, so that it's not an effort that's in contradiction to a person's nature? We mentioned last week the story of David Meisels, who said originally he was approached to make a curl in Cleveland, and his reaction was, I'm not a morning person. And later there was the tragedy in Moron, and he was thinking, what can I do different after such a terrible tragedy? And he decided, I heard this on his video, that I didn't used to be a morning person, but now I am. And he went and founded the curl there. So a big issue is how we see ourselves. If we're going to still look at ourselves as the guy who doesn't get up, and let's say during the week, Monday to Friday, 5.30, or whatever time, to get to cuddle at 6.15. So a person who looks at himself as a morning person, it's a lot easier to get up in the morning. But a person who looks at himself as not a morning person, he's going to force himself. How long can he force himself? Force himself for 90 days? Day 91, if he's not forcing himself, he won't make it. So uh, the, the, it's part of it, that's where we started last week. How a person sees himself is very important in making change. The thing is, it's a double-edged sword. How we see ourselves depends on what we do and how we behave. And how we behave changes how we see ourselves. So where, where, where do we start? But the, the interesting thing is, there's a, um, what seems to be, the Pnei Menachem of Ger, who's uh, not the present Ger Rebbe, the previous Ger Rebbe, asked the Kasha. He says, the, the Gemara says in Sanhedrin that that a person can have a Machshava, but then it, he has plans, he has ideas, but then they spoil things. And uh, means that he has a. It's like a mensch tracht and got laughed. The person thinks. He's going to plan this, he's going to do this, it doesn't work out. So Rashi says sometimes the plan itself is the problem because he planned, that's why it didn't work out. And Rashi says it's true even for Divrei Torah. What does that mean? He says, The person says, I want to finish several Masechtas, I want to go quick. I'll finish several Masechtas. Bikiyas means I'll do it just with more superficially, I'll do it covering ground. So a person says, I want to finish no several masechtas. No, no commentary. Just, He'll just know, go yeah, straight. Uh, go straight. So I want to finish several masechtas, and he gives himself an end date. Right? She says that itself could be his downfall. Right. So, it, so the Pnei Menachem asked, that, but there's a Medrash in Vayikra Rabbah that says that a person who says, how can I, he says, how can I learn the whole Torah? It's so long, it's so difficult. You have Nezikin is 30 prokim, and Kalim is 30 prokim, and that's a fool, the Medrash says. A fool says, oh, the Torah is so long. So Look at these big Masechtas. Look at Babash, how many pages there are. Look at this Masechta, Erev and Hard Masechtas. How am I going to ever finish? So the Medrash says, that's a foolish approach. Mishu Pikeach, what does somebody who's smart do? He says, Hareini Shaini Shnei Alochas Ayyim. I'm good today, I'm learning two Alochas. I'm going to learn two halachas tomorrow. 
until I finish the whole Torah. So Pnei Menachem asked the Kasha, he says, I don't understand. Rashi seems to be saying that planning is, uh, is not good because planning, you, 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 you're creating ruin. ruin. And here the Medrash says, well, you know, if, if the fool says it's too much and the wise man plans and he makes a plan. So that's the Kasha he asked. But the reality is, if you look carefully at the words of Rashi, carefully at the words of the Medrash, you see two opposite approaches. Opposite approaches entirely. The approach of, the, of uh, Rashi quotes, somebody saying, I'm making this goal, he makes an ambitious goal, going to do five Masechtas, four Masechtas, three Masechtas. If you look in the Gemara in the Dorim, when it talks about a person making a neder to learn, uh, it says a parak, it says a Masechta, and it doesn't say anything about any deadline. This person, he takes on a few Masechtas, and he gives himself a deadline on top of it. So he takes on some massive outcome, and his focus is on the outcome. And the outcome is so big that even unlike the person in the, in the Medrash who says it's too big, no, he says, no, I'm going to do it. But it turns out it's the same problem. The same way you've got somebody who says it's too big, I can't do it. You've got the guy who's biting off more than he could chew and choosing an artificial end date for an aggressive schedule that has nothing to do with working with himself. What's doable for a person is to say, well, I can do two halachas that anybody could do. I'm going to start today. I'll do two halachas today. I'll do two halachas tomorrow. Now, what's two halachas? He has the, he's worked out how many halachas. No. Two halachas is a behavior. It's the opposite of a goal. The goal is, now, of course, it's important to have direction. Otherwise, maybe he'd be playing golf and trying to prove his golf instead of learning uh, Gemara, learning halachas. But, uh, so it's, it's important to have a goal so you know where you're going. But if you get too specific and too aggressive, then the danger of taking on something that's not a good fit for your personality, it's not a good fit for your capabilities, it's too much of a stretch. You can't make a habit of something that's too much of a, a struggle. It's not, people who succeed aren't struggling. And the people who struggle don't succeed. It's, uh, it's not smart. You have to struggle once in a while, otherwise you won't be consistent. But to always struggle, okay, it's not sustainable. It's not maintainable. And even if it were, it's not effective. It's most effective when you can build up something that's a good fit, that works. You can build a habit out of it. So a person who says, I'll learn two halachas today, two halachas tomorrow, and he's making this minimum commitment. Two halachas. He's not got. He's not limiting himself. It must be done by then. Two halachas. He'll start there. And he's consistent. There'll be two halachas tomorrow. He might end up learning four halachas today. He might end up learning six halachas tomorrow. If he's got, it starts with a minimum goal. Now, after a while, once that becomes too easy, he could make it four halachas. He could make it six halachas. He could make it a parak. If you build up organically with incremental steps, and you go step by step by step, so the Rambam said it's difficult to implement things. Yes, what happens is you've got kolatera uh, kula. How's a person supposed to implement that? So you've got two opposite approaches, both which fail. The obvious failure is the guy who says impossible, can't be done. So he's failed because he never even tried. He just dismisses it. He says it can't be done. The other approach that also fails is somebody says, Kolater Kula, I gotta finish five Masechtas in six months. So the guy took on a massive goal, has nothing to do with any realities, no building up, also bound to fail, almost certain to fail. Who can, uh, what, what's the right approach? 
Don't have a goal. Get the right behavior. It's not to behave in the right way. Behavior as opposed to the goal is, I'm a person who learns two halachas a day. I'll start with that. Well, a person who learns two halachas a day, if he keeps on doing it, it becomes a habit. It becomes easier. At some point, he can become a person who's doing four halachas a day. A person who's doing six halachas a day can build up. And even if it doesn't, eventually, you know, the old... The, the old uh, analogy yeah. of the rabbit oh, yeah. and the, uh, the hare and, and the turtle. The turtle wins the race every time. Yeah, right. So even if you're two halachas a day, eventually you'll get there. So that's the focus is on behaviors. And again, if we take behaviors that are good fit, a fit for a person's abilities, a fit for his self-image, if it doesn't exactly fit the self-image, as he's doing it, we spoke last week about being more flexible. Nowadays, people tend to label a lot. We live in a very image-conscious society, and people are very labeled. They label themselves, they label other people. And when you're labeled, it's hard. If you consider myself not a morning person, hard to get up in the morning. Not a studious person, hard to study. So a person can say, it could be as simple as saying out the words. It doesn't have to be so loud that people make fun of you. But you could say, I'm learning two halachas. I'm a person who learns two halachas a day. And it reinforces it, and it makes a difference. So this is the difference between success and failure. It's focusing on behavior. And the reality is, if you look at most Kabbalists, most people make a Kabbalah that's more about behavior than about an end goal. So they're on the right track there. But the question is, but what they're taking on, let's say a person says, I'm going to learn an extra five minutes. Is what they're taking on something that's a good fit for them? Maybe that five minutes will be something It's a difficult time of day, it's not practical. So all of this comes into what the Rambam says when he's talking about Ovis. It looks easy, but it can be tricky to implement. And what makes the difference is, the Pasuk says a person should be Arum Biyira. Sometimes we feel that when it comes to business, we've got to be bottom line. But when it comes to Yerushimayim, then you have to be idealistic. But obviously, if you're just going to have good intent, then there's no, the way, there won't be Yerushimayim either. It can't be all good intent. A person has to be, in a way, or obviously he's not just looking for a financial bottom line, so it's different in that way. You know, operating a non-profit is different than operating a for-profit. But if you're not bottom line with your non-profit, it will close up. And in the same way, if we're not bottom line in our Vaits Hashem, we say, we mean well, we're idealistic, we'll make Kabbalists. But then it's very frustrating. Every year we're making Kabbalists, there's no bottom line. It's not working. So at some point, we have the opportunity to say, you know what? It's, it's possible to be bottom line in Yerushalayim also. And start looking at what works. And that's why the Rambam in his parish on Ovis focuses a lot on Midas. You know, there's a famous story that uh, is, is, is told of a cat and uh, the Rambam. The story is told, the Alta of Kelm is the fact. I looked into the, the history of the story a little bit. I was interested as to how far back the story goes. There's a sefer called Darke Musa from Rabbi Yaakov Naiman, um, not from Lawrence, Rabbi Yaakov Naiman from, uh, uh, he was Rosh Hashivan Petr Tikvin, Yeshiva Sarayisrael. He was a Talmud of a Talmud of the Alta of Kelm. The Alta of Kelm had a Talmud of Moshe Rosenstein. He was a Talmud. He heard from his rabbi, who was a Talmud of the Alta of Kelm. The Alta of Kelm had said over, there's a well-known story. The Alta of Kelm didn't vouch for the veracity of the story. He didn't say it was true, but he says a well-known story that the Rambam was arguing with philosophers about whether it's possible to, um, to, to, to change the nature of an animal. And 
and uh, the philosophers said yes they could they could train a cat to be refined and to act just like a human being and so the cha- challenge was on the king the king said he wants to see he wants to see he wants the philosophers to prove it and whoever wins a reward so the, the the story goes the philosophers trained this cat to be able to wait tables to be able to bring food and it was it, 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 everybody was astounded and so the rambam had this little box he opens it up out comes a mouse and the 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 waiter, the cat who was a refined waiter is no refined waiter anymore. Drops everything and off he runs after the mouse. And the king said, "Well, Rambam wins because with all the training and everything, it was all gone once he saw a mouse." So uh, it was an interruption. Right. So so the, so the point being that if we're going to make external changes, but not but ignore the internal, if we ignore meters, so it's not going to work. And that's why the Rambam said, the Rambam focuses in his Shemayna Prokim on Midas, on character traits, because it's character development. If you want to know why are some of the things in office not working, I try not to get angry, but it doesn't work. Well, that's something to do with Midas. If you just focus on keeping your mouth shut, that may not stop you getting angry. You may be angry, just keep your mouth closed. And even that may not work. But if you start working on the Midas and you focus on that, you're focusing on the real source of the problem. So often, we're trying to change behavior. We're ignoring underlying factors, whether the factors are that we're choosing things to do that aren't a good fit for us practically, or they don't fit with our self-image. Or deeper, as the Rambam says, that the Rambam's focus is, and we'll see this, that midas are essential. So it's very important, you know, let's say we were talking about before, focusing on, on, on goals as opposed to behavior. Let's say a person's goal is he wants a chief roof over his head by December the 31st. So he finds out the cheapest way to do it is he'll build an igloo. And he builds a roof over his head. Now he's got a roof over his head. Problem is, come April, he's not got a roof over his head anymore. It's melted. So if you just choose an outcome, the outcome may not last. You have to know that it's a good fit. It makes sense. If you live, it depends. If you live in the Arctic, maybe it works. You can, you know, you might you might get away with it longer. But um, in our climates, an igloo is not a good re- year-round residence. Uh, second home for winter, maybe, but not a year-round residence. So the same way, we're taking Kabbalah on. We're trying to get, we're trying to get closer to the Eibushter. We're trying to steigen of Hashem. How do we make lasting steigen? It's got to be. If we make it too focus too much on the goal, we're, we might be ignoring fundamental things that are the cause. People say every Rosh Hashanah I do tshuva, kippah. And somehow the same thing's happening. Well, maybe it's because we're not focused enough on what the Rambam talks about in Elvis. It's got to, if you want it to be real, we have to be Arum Biyira. We've got to be smart and cunning when it comes to Avetz Hashem also. And the same way in business people learn, well, which, uh, which, which strategies of customer service work and which ones fail. We can ask ourselves what type of Avetz Hashem that we do is working. And how do we improve what's working so that we don't undertake something new and that new thing may just fall on its face because we haven't considered everything we need to. So, I want to start reading from the Rambam's Hagdama now that we've begun with this introduction. The Rambam says, beginning of Shemayin Abrakim, Kvar Bi'arnu, we've already explained 
Bahagdomas Achibur Hazer. I don't have that. It's um, it's different. You may as well. It's a different translation, so the words are different. It's it's similar, but uh, that's a different wording, so we may as well share. So we already explained, the Rambam says, in the beginning of my introduction to the whole Pirish on Mishnayis, which starts with the first Seder, the first order of Mishnayis, is Roy. Now our office is in the Zikin, it's quite far in. At the very beginning, when the Rambam first started, he explains the order of all the different Saptas, and he says, he's explaining, he explained then why Ovis comes after Sanhedrin. So essentially what he wrote there was that it's mainly for Dayanim, because the Rambam says that if a person is a Dayan, then if he has bad meters, that, can, uh, that, that affects, in those days, in the Rambam's time, Jews had the option of going to religious courts, a Bati Din, and so civil law would be um, ruled on in 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 Beisden. So if the Jews had the autonomy to have civil law administered by Beisden, then it only works when the Dayanim, who are the judges, are have the right meters, the right characters, to be fair and sound judges. If they have bad meters, then what's at stake is not just their individual lives, it's the whole of society. If you get somebody who's a leader in society who doesn't have good meters, that has an impact. If he's a judge and he has bad meters, that's that's uh, much more destructive. So the Rambam says Sanhedrin deals with the sitting members of the Bate Din, the Beis Din, Dayanim, and therefore we say of us because we need the, the Dayanim especially need Muslim. They need the uh, the, the message from Tamid HaChachamim of what proper behavior is. And the truth is, though, we can take, even if we're not Dayanim, and even if we are Dayanim, but Dayanim today don't have the same impact as Dayanim used to, because our civil law is mainly administered by the courts. But nevertheless, nevertheless, we often are in situations in which we're impacting not just ourselves, but other people. A person has a family. He's uh, bringing up kids, so how he interacts with his children will make a difference potentially for generations. Generational. The better his midas are, the better he'll cope, and the more effective he'll be, and the better a role model he'll be for future generations. So right there, it's not just Dayanim. Dayanim is a prime example. But a person who's, uh, who's got a family, Baruch Hashem, so he's, uh, he's also like a Dayan in that sense. He's, he's not a He's only living for himself. He's actually making an impact on other people. If a person is uh, part of a group, then sometimes other people learn from him. If it's uh, if he's got good meters, that could be a very powerful influence. If not, it could be the opposite. So it's not just Dayanim. And then the Rambam continues. And of course, it's uh, not just for Dayanim anyway. It's uh, the, This is necessary for everybody. And he says, and Masechus Ovis covers most of the meters. So now he continues. And he says, uh, We've mentioned the great value of this Masechta. So he, he talks about the fact that this Masechta of us is uh, a guide to Midas. We've already promised several times and what's uh, preceded this Chibur. Chibur um, means a... Uh, 
a um, work. So he's talking, referring to his own writing. He says, I, I promised her that we would speak about Ovis with useful, um, we'll, we will cover useful topics, that we will spend some time um, developing some of the themes at length. Because even though by its simple meaning, Ovis is clear enough. So this is what we mentioned earlier. Doing everything that's in Ovis is not easy for everyone. It's a chokhmah, an implementation. So a person has to be wise enough to know how to implement. So the Ramah is going to give us guidance with that. Similarly, not all of Ovis is going to be fully understood. In other words, much of what we see in Ovis, we look at as, oh, you're supposed to behave that way. Whereas the Rambam will develop and say, your underlying character will be that way. And the example is, let's say somebody by nature is not a kind person. Uh, that's not his nature. He's not a kind, considerate, compassionate person. But he decides to make himself act compassionately. Now the truth is, if he behaves often enough with compassion, and he desires to be a compassionate person, with time he'll actually change. However, if he's satisfied with the way he is right now, in other words, he's not willing to become a compassionate person, but he's willing to struggle and force himself to be compassionate. So then you can have two people doing the same action. One who's not compassionate by nature at all, has no real, it's not on his radar, he didn't realize that he needs to change his self-image, but he knows it's important to be compassionate, so he's forcing himself to be compassionate. Now he forces himself to smile, he forces himself to say the right things. So, and he puts on such an act, that you wouldn't know from the other guy who's doing it, but the other guy's doing it out of good nature. So the Rambam is going to talk about that. And the reality is that the better way to do it is out of good nature, because, or with the view to, the vision to having good nature, because then you get real lasting change. The other way, it's a struggle, and it's, it's, it's a waste of energy, it's not practical, it's not maintainable, it's not scalable, that's uh, not the way to go. So the Rambam's, that's why we'll see it's a constant theme in Rambam to look beneath the hood. You don't just look at the external act. Many psukim, it's not just Mishnayis, many psukim, many teachings of Chazal. We would say, oh, that means give tzedakah. But the Rambam gets beneath that and says, have the character traits of being generous. And he's talking about that character trait. Because if you have generosity, it's a lot easier to give stock and you'll, you'll give more effectively than if you have, don't realize that you don't yet have as generous a character trait as you could. And if you nurture your generosity in addition at the same time as actually giving, then that's a powerful combination. That's a powerful combination. So Ramam is going in depth to the... If I have a good wife who uh, encourages to give stalker here... Right, if you choose a, a person's environment is, is, is critical. If he marries the right person, if he associates with the right people. You know, Victor Miller once said, uh, look before you leap with marriage. Once you leap, 
that's it. But you could still choose whoever you married. You could still choose the shul you go to, the shiurim you go to, the kail you associate with. There's so many choices you could make if you. Uh, if, if, yeah, Baruch Hashem. So if a person makes good choices, then that is mechazikim certainly. Yeah, 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 so I, I do right. want to end with something we we said we made a uh, a sort of commitment to the beginning of this that we're going to try and keep it practical. Last week we spoke about practically um, self-image, you know, uh, looking around and finding a, a model, somebody, a role model. I want to be like this person. I want to be like this person. Um, we can develop that because even if you don't have a role model in, in mind, when you're doing something, trying to improve something, let's say a person deciding he's going to come early instead of on time. So he said, he say, I'm doing this. It takes a few minutes, and you want to do it. Victor Miller was big into saying, you want to do things in a way that people don't make fun of you. So don't make it too obvious. But if you reinforce just by simple statements, I'm doing this because I want to be that person who comes early, that will help a lot. It changes your self-image as you're working on it, as opposed to, oh, I'll push myself, I'll push myself. Push myself means... I'm not a person who comes early, I just force myself. So we're talking about midas, we're trying to achieve the opposite. We're trying to be in harmony. So that our insides and our outsides match. So there's some practical work. Whatever we're working on, if we're working on something, if we're not, choose something to work on. And as we're doing it, say, I'm, I'm working on being the type of person who does whatever it is that we're doing. So uh, wishing all a good week. Bez Hashem, next week we'll continue. Thank you.